Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. We've got a special edition of The Tally this morning, and I'm joined by our very own Max Cohen to break it all down. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, how the landscape is looking better for Democrats. Number two, key primaries to watch tonight. And number three, how Democrats are messaging on abortion. All right, Max, let's get into it. The number one story of the morning that we are looking at is how the landscape has really changed dramatically for Democrats. I think basically everybody had thought about six months ago that it was going to be a very good year for Republicans potentially sweeping both the House and the Senate. And now things are have have really dramatically shifted. That's exactly right, Anna. And this morning we're looking at the elections as part of our tally coverage. It's August recess. Candidates are back home in their districts campaigning. And everyone's kind of asking this question, can Democrats turn this around? And we've identified a number of factors which we think shift the momentum here. The Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade was a big deal. Enraging Democrat base voters, energizing independents perhaps to vote for Democrats. Another big factor, Congress actually getting stuff done. You know, gone is this image of the Democratic squabbling. They got it. Inflation Reduction Act done. Chips and Science, PACT Act, gun control, a lot of really big achievements this summer. Another factor, of course, Senate Republican candidates not performing as well as that party would have liked. And of course, Trump in the news. And when Trump's in the news, it's normally good news for Democrats who have a very effective foil to get their base voters enthusiastic. A lot of factors you kind of point out here, I think, smartly looking at just kind of how some of the indicators are about what what Congress has done, what Democrats have done when it comes to actually getting things done. Um, and then some things that are outside of their control. Trump, for instance, gas prices, uh, inflation. I, I do wonder, though, you know, I, I'm always Jake and I rap about this stuff all the time on this podcast. So our listeners know it well. I, I kind of in some ways put a little bit of skepticism here that, you know, Democrats are feeling good. They haven't had a lot to feel good about, but we're still 70 plus days away from the election. That's a lifetime, uh, isn't it, when it comes to just the news cycle and politics and what the potential next three to five crises that could happen over over that time? It's a great point. Um, It's something which frontline Democratic Representative Matt Cartwright of Pennsylvania told me uh, for the story. He said, you know, people tend to have a fairly short memory in seven weeks from now. They'll find something else to have strong feelings about. And it's a good point. You know, things in this snapshot are looking fairly good for Democrats. Of course, there still are some negatives. Much of the country believes we're in a recession. Inflation is still far too high than Democrats want it. They want it much lower. And you're right. There's still a long way to go. So although in this moment in time, things might be looking better, Republicans will tell you inflation is still a number one issue and history is against Democrats in terms of losing seats. But, you know, we got seven weeks to go and we'll be covering it right along with you guys. So we'll keep you updated. All right. We'll leave that there. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, It is primary day in America. You have been covering these primaries for us. It seems like almost every Tuesday, basically. Um, But when the when there's been some of these primaries in particular, we broke down a lot uh, of the New York races. Uh, So I'm going to handle a couple of those. But then I think you have some more in there that are really interesting to watch. Obviously, uh, the one that we have written about probably the most certainly on this podcast talked about the most is that New York 12th district primary. 
uh, really pitting House Judiciary Committee Chair Jerry Nadler against House Oversight Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney. Nadler looking like he could potentially cinch this one based on polling, based on endorsements, um, but has been really one of the uglier kind of member on member battles that I can remember uh, in recent memory. Of course, we also talked yesterday about that Dan Goldman race in New York 10. Uh, can he beat uh, Mondaire Jones and some other uh, assembly member, council members from New York, progressives accusing him of trying to buy that seat? Uh, Going to be very interesting to watch that. What else is on your radar, Max? Sure, those are two of the biggest races. And there's also the DCCC chair, Sean Patrick Maloney, is facing a spirited primary challenge from progressive rising star Alessandro Biaggi. That being said, people feel like Maloney is a strong favorite here. He's locked up the majority of support from local progressives, which was interesting. Biagi does have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on her side, but I think the D-Trip chair will probably be fine. Another election I'm watching pretty closely is Florida 10th District Democratic primary. That's Val Deming's seat. She's, of course, running for Senate. And we detailed that in depth last week, how former Representative Alan Grayson is trying to mount a comeback. Gen Z activist Maxwell Alejandro Frost is challenging him. He has all the party endorsements, but Grayson might have all the name ID. So really interesting to see how that breaks down. Alan Grayson, a blast from the past, a member of Cong- former member of Congress uh, who has a very storied past, to say the least, accused by his ex-wife of domestic abuse. He also, I remember being at Politico when this happened, accused then Politico reporter uh, Isaac Dover of assault when he was trying to ask him about the allegations. He uh, certainly has a reputation for being um, very combative uh, and uh, saw that firsthand covering Congress on a daily basis and is, would be potentially a thorn in the side of Democratic leadership, not somebody they're necessarily excited to see uh, back on, on the House floor. That's for sure. I spoke to him for, for my story last week, and he definitely took issue <laughs> with some, with some <laughs> of the, the facts presented. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. A really interesting look at how some of the Democratic frontline women have turned to abortion messaging on the airwaves. Uh, We've kind of been looking at this trend line coming out of that Supreme Court decision, the Dobbs decision, of course, um, and how Democrats really are using that to energize uh, the base, I mean, basically at every single level from, you know, mayors and governors to uh, at that federal congressional level. But certainly um, you've got some really interesting data here, Max, about kind of what what we're starting to see when it comes to how frontline Democratic women are highlighting the issues, you know, post Dobbs. For sure. And I think you, you honed in on a really important point is that it's only frontline Democratic women. Now, we had our partners at Ad Impact pull data for us on all of the Uh, frontline Democrats who are considered the most vulnerable Democrats by the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And we found that there were four who have run TV ads on abortion rights, focusing on abortion rights in the past months since the Dobbs decision. All four women, uh, Kim Schreier of Washington, Susie Lee of Nevada, Elaine Lurie of Virginia, and Sydney Axney of Iowa. And we break down the messaging here. It's really fascinating. A lot of it is about pinning their opponents as too extreme. That word extreme is repeated over and over again and also presenting it as a stark choice between the Republican challenger and the Democratic incumbent. And I think that's something which hopefully you'll see more of, I think, in terms of Democratic messaging. They think this is a good thing for them um, because a lot of election like this can be, you know, Democrats are in power and inflation's bad. And they're trying to reorganize the mind of voter and say, 
But look who the opponent is. They might want to take away abortion rights. I do think what's interesting, though, you have a graph in your item this morning looking at. So, yes, there's these kind of frontline Democratic women who have chosen this strategy, but there's they're really the exception to the rule when it comes to other vulnerable Democrats, right? When you look at Dan Kildee, the Democrat from Michigan, Jared Golden, the Democrat from Maine, Chris Pappas uh, out of New Hampshire, they are really not focusing on abortion, right? Uh, you know, Kildee's then, I mean, a zillion ads that we've been detailing in, in Punchable News AM and throughout, throughout our midday and PM. Golden's, you know, talking about inflation, um, how he's bucking his party. You have Chris Pappas with the trade trading stocks, you know, kind of banning stock trades by members messaging. I, I mean, there is a real discrepancy here in terms of where some members and particularly these kind of incumbent women are obviously look to, to look to this Dobbs decision and abortion rights as a potential, um, you know, advantage to them. And we haven't seen that kind of across the board. Completely. And I think each candidate is, is recognizing their path to re-election is different. And for a lot of these other members you mentioned, they're intensely focusing on local issues and they don't want to maybe nationalize the race. But of course, for, for, for these four, they see this as, as a way to get ahead. And I think it's a good point that um, it, it actually is all gendered, that it's the four Democratic frontline women uh, highlighting this out of you know 30 odd frontliners. It, it might not be as many as people might expect, only four ads focusing completely on abortion. All right. Well, something we are going to be tracking in uh, the days and weeks to come as the general election quickly approaches. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Leave us a rating and review. It's the best way for folks to find out about The Daily Punch. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.